Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Herbie, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Smacked it right back at him. And then they take it away with Gillis. Ivy wants more points. A little hesitation. Surgical to the win! Jason Benetti was on the call. Him and Robbie Hummel. He even got off a Robbie Hummel joke about this being his, like, 20th year of eligibility at Purdue, which I thought was pretty funny. It looked like a great atmosphere. I wanted to talk about what happened in yesterday's game and what happens with the Illini going forward. So we reach out to our buddy, Jeremy Warner. He's so good. He's the editor-in-chief of Illini Inquirer. He's a friend of the show. He joins me on the Circa Casino and Resort Hotline. <laughs> Go out to Circa when you're in Vegas. They've got the sports book. It's the largest in the world. You can make bets by the pool. Like All of it is just dope. You will enjoy yourself. Jeremy, did I see that you were at Mackey Arena last night? I was, and my, my ears are still ringing from it, Lawrence. It was uh, an unbelievable atmosphere. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm at a, you know, obviously the State Farm Center. I think Bloomington's Assembly Hall, when, when Indiana's really good, uh, is as good of an atmosphere because just two walls of people. But, I mean, it was kind of a reminder of how different it is than two years ago. Um, just that they packed that place. Uh, it feels like there's half the students, uh, half the people in that building are students, and they're pumped up about their top five team, and they should be because Purdue is really, really good. Yeah, I, I thought it, it was great atmosphere, and I was saying earlier that I thought Benetti did a great job because he, at the top of the broadcast, they were coming out of an SEC game, and at the top of the broadcast, he was like, just listen. Like, just listen to what's happening here. And I, I, I thought it was a really cool way to, to get indoctrinated. Like, I felt it. Like, I actually felt, like, the goosebumps leading into that. And I can't imagine what that felt like being there in the building. Yeah, I've seen some cool atmospheres covering uh, games in the Big Ten. Uh, but with Illinois good, uh, I mean, I, I watched – I covered so many bad years of Illinois basketball that, you know, being in that atmosphere and, and given what I witnessed last year where there were no fans – uh, I just kind of had to, like, soak it in. I, I just have to remind myself this year of, one, Illinois being this good, uh, but, two, 
of just having these crowds back. I mean, it's what makes college athletics, right? I mean, these college athletes are fun to watch all that. But, Lawrence, you know, you've been to Alabama for games. Like, it's just different. I think the SEC feel in football, I do think Big Ten has that in spades and basketball. I know the old Big East probably had that as well. But right now, I think the, the crowds get into it, especially Illinois and Purdue. They're basketball schools, right? And, and this is what they live for is, is that rather than, you know, whatever happens on a November game that a lot of people aren't paying attention to in football. So uh, this meant a lot to them. And Purdue fans are really smart. I mean, I was sitting right in front of some, and, and they know their hoops there, man. And they knew how good Illinois was. So that they knew how big of a win that was for their program too. Purdue is a basketball school. It's also an engineering school. Why do they have an antiquated clock? I can't understand that. Like, we didn't know what was going on. Uh, at one point, they put .7 seconds back on the clock, and it was 7. I'm like, wait, what, what's going on? And Trent Frazier had to, had to rush one up. I don't get it, man. Like, Underwood was really – didn't understand it, and Painter had to come over, it looked like, and explain it to him. There was a lot of other things that happened after the game, so I didn't ask Underwood about it. But, yeah, that was odd. That was really odd. Yeah, I'm sitting there at home going, what – how how in 2022 – does one of the premier engineering schools in our nation not have a clock that works like everyone else's clock? They got time to build a big drum, Jeremy, but apparently they don't have time to build a clock. Yeah, and uh, they, but they believe in the old wooden bleachers still in that place. Like, like They still go with that instead of these comfy chairs just so they can squeeze all these people in. So uh, they like their old school stuff, I guess, at Purdue. What happened to Illinois in the second half of that game last night? Couldn't stop Jaden Ivey, and um, there's a lot of people that can't stop Jaden Ivey. I I think Purdue has changed things. They were kind of working through Zach Eady and Trevion Williams, who are two of the best big men in the country. They're now letting Jaden Ivey do NBA things, which is ball screens, try and guard him. Uh, He's big, physical, uh, athletic, fast. I mean, he he does a lot of the things Io DeSumo did for Illinois and and what you're seeing in the NBA now with Chicago Bulls. Only I think Ivy's more explosive, uh, both speed-wise and athletically. Um, So they just let him work. And and Illinois did a pretty good job the first match. Actually, the first three halves they played him, Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams. But uh, they just let him go. And and to be honest with you, Lawrence, Purdue just has so many answers offensively. I don't think they're they're, they're not very good defensively. The numbers prove that out. I think Jaden Ivy. If he wants to defend, could be a great defender, but he just doesn't show a lot of interest in it. So I think that's his next thing at the next level. But um, there's very few guards in the country that are as gifted uh, scoring as he is. And and they just had no answer for him. They tried to trade baskets, and, and Illinois couldn't make them. Um, to be honest with you, like Illinois had a lot of open shots. Andre Corbello was breaking down the defense. Kofi Corbin was drawing a lot of attention, which – create a lot of opportunities for Trent Frazier and, and Jacob Grandison and DeMonte Williams. And, and those guys just didn't make shots. So Frazier was over four Grandison, one for six Williams, one for four. Uh, Illinois needs those guys to make shots to, to hang with Purdue. They did the first time around here uh, at state farm center and force it into a double overtime classic. They didn't make shots and, and Purdue like most teams. I mean, they, people struggle to defend them. They're the number one offensive efficiency in the country for a reason, just because they have five guys who can score. And, and they, can, they can use an Eric Hunter, who's the fifth guy in the court, and attack Alfonso Plummer, who's Illinois' worst defender. Uh, and he scored nine points in the first couple minutes of the second half and just felt like it was all downhill from there for Illinois. It's funny because there was a portion of that game in the second half where 
Edie looked like he was finding his footing as an offensive player. And once he did that, he came up with a couple of big offensive rebounds that, that allowed them to, to extend their lead out. You're right. Illinois didn't really have an answer. And on the defensive side, you're right about them not being a good defensive team. But in these two games, they've seemed to do a good job on doubling Kofi in the post. So what does he do? I think Kofi had a pretty good game. I thought he was the best big man on the court, to be honest with you. Like, Edie, he's going to get some offensive rebounds. So what do you do with a seven-foot-four guy who gets a rebound two, uh, two feet from the basket? He's just going to dunk it. Um, so that's going to happen. But I, I thought Kofi was really playing within himself. I thought he was making smart decisions with the basketball. Uh, had 18-7 and seven at the end of that game. Is it a, the performance he needed for, to beat Purdue? No, but I, I thought he was still making good decisions. Um, it's just as simple as Illinois. The, the other players need to make shots. Kofi was getting the ball out. Um, they had all the space. Jacob Grandison's wide open and just misses. Um, he hesitated on one. Um, so I, I don't know if there's much Illinois has to change. I think after this game, Lawrence, you just see Purdue. That looks like an elite team. I don't think Illinois is an elite team. I, I think they're a very, very good team. They're a top 15 team, and that's not a bad thing. I still think it's a team that can – if they win six of their last seven here, which I think, you know, they're 10-1 and one against every team not named Purdue in the Big Ten, I think they can, you know, win 16 games still in the Big Ten, which could, you know, get a share of the title. Um, I also think if, if they get the right matchups uh, in the NCAA tournament, they could make a prolonged run, maybe to an Elite Eight or, or a Final Four. But they're going to have to get hot from outside. They haven't been shooting the ball as well during Big Ten play from three. They've come down from about 40% to about 35%. Um, everything gets a little tougher uh, when you get to Big Ten play. But I think Kofi gives them such a high ceiling against everyone else. Andre Curbelo is coming back, and we saw spurts from him last night of what he can do when the offense, you know, the, the shooters aren't shooting very well. He can just get easy buckets, get to the rim, get to the free throw line. But I think Illinois has weaknesses. They're a small team outside of Kofi Coburn, right? They're, they're playing four guards most of the time. Coleman Hawkins has not been an impact player at the four. Uh, Jacob Grandison's really more of a three, even though he's playing the four. Demonte Williams plays the four. He's a six-foot-three guy. So they have some issues, but Kofi covers up a lot of those things. But against Purdue, they got two big guys who, who can kind of negate Kofi, and then they just have – you know, offensive options galore everywhere else. So I think it's an issue against uh, Purdue and Arizona. Like they've had three games against top five opponents. Uh, two of those were very, very close. One was a blowout on the road. I think they need to elevate their game another level uh, to, to be an elite team uh, in the country. And they haven't shown that quite yet. Uh, could, could Curbelo be the, the cause of that? Maybe. Or it's just, you know, getting hot at the right time of the year and, and making a bunch of threes. Because this team has shown the ability to do that, to make 10 or 12 threes a game. Um, but uh, I don't know if you can do it consistently as, as Purdue does offensively. So, so do you think that this is a matter of, of personnel that's keeping them from being elite or execution? Um, I think they're a pretty good defensive team. Like, I didn't have a, a ton of issues with what they did last night. I just thought Purdue was better. Um, you know, and Illinois def defensively has become really good. I mean, Wisconsin, they held the 67 points. Johnny Davis, they forced into a really bad night. Uh, Michigan State, without Kofi, they held the 55 points. Uh, I think they're, they're a pretty good defensive team. They're a pretty good offensive team. I just don't know that they're, yeah, they're elite at that. I mean, they don't have an Iowa to 
right? And people were hoping that could be Andre Corbello this year, but he's only played, I think, eight or nine games now because of uh, his health issues, won the concussion, then he missed two games due to COVID. And now you're kind of trying to figure out how, what is his role back in this game. And as good as Trent Frazier is and as much of a warrior as he is battling through these injuries, he's undersized, right? So he has to create space on the outside or get to the lane with his quickness but he's six foot one, 190 pounds, right? He's not six foot four with a 6'11 wingspan with the athleticism to finish at the rim. So that's what they miss. They're, they're really dependent on, on three pointers and then Kofi uh, to, to get uh, points in the interior. They don't get a lot of easy points. They don't get to the free throw line uh, very much. While Io DeSumo, Jaden Ivey, those guys will take you to the next level. And that, that is the, the hard part about last year, Orange, is you had that guy, right? And you lose in the second round of the NCAA tournament with a bad matchup. Felt like a, a missed opportunity, but a you know, single elimination tournament, it, you don't know. I thought last year's team was better than this year's team, but if this year's team gets the right draw and gets hot at the right time, maybe they can do what uh, last year's team, everyone thought they could. Was Frazier just a knee knock? Is that what happened to him last night? Yeah, he got back into the game. I mean, it looked like, you know, when he went down in the heap, Lawrence, this is like the third time this year we thought, oh no, with Trent Frazier. And, the last couple of years, you've had that with Io DeSumo. Io had the, uh, the facial fracture last year, and then the year before, he had a knee injury that you thought uh, could be the end of his season, maybe the end of his career, but he came back a couple games later. Uh, it looked like a bone-on-bone -bone hit, knee-to-knee. -knee. Um, Trent didn't tell us. He, he actually spoke to the media afterwards. Uh, and said he'll be good uh, for Sunday, which is really important. I doubt he practices before Sunday, uh, but he hasn't practiced at points this season before. And being a fifth-year guy, you don't worry about it. But he's incredibly important to the team. Um, he's their best defender, uh, especially on the perimeter, of course. And he can carry them offensively. He's very streaky as an offensive player. Like He'll have a zero-point game, two-point game, but then he'll just go off like he did against Indiana for 21 and really carry Illinois and give them a lot of momentum. So uh, if he misses any time, that, that's a huge hit to their, their defense especially because Carmelo can handle offensive stuff, but um, defensively they don't have another guy like Trent Frazier. So don't know if there's um, any more to it, but the fact that he went back into the game I would say is pretty positive and He's got a pretty high pain threshold. He, he's been playing through a shoulder and a knee injury all year. Now that you've seen a big portion of the Big Ten season, I know you're watching like everyone play. What do you think of the league? I think Purdue is, is the final four team. Uh, if you're, if you're going to project a, a team that, that can make it, I do worry about their defense. Like If they don't have a great offensive night, uh, I do worry – that they could get upset by some team that can just get hot um, because they don't focus as much on that. And they don't really have, besides Mason Gillis, really an individual uh, defender you feel is above average. So that's my concern. But they clearly uh, are one of the, are the best offense in the country. They just have so many answers, so many matchup problems. I think Illinois is the second-best team in the league. That, that doesn't mean that Wisconsin can't win uh, a share of the league because they just keep winning ugly. Some people call it luck. Maybe it's a skill. Uh, but they, they have a stud player in Johnny Davis and, and just a, a lot of other guys that are just Wisconsin guys, right? Like Chucky Hepburn stepped up for them as a freshman. Uh, Tyler Walls turned into a really good player. And Brad Davis, and everyone hates him in the Big Ten, but it's because he's good, uh, the, the sixth-year senior there. Uh, I think Ohio State's got a ceiling it hasn't hit yet. Uh, E.J. Liddell um, is, is an amazing player, two-time Mr. Basketball in, in Illinois. And the guy Illinois fans got away from, uh, he got away from Illinois. They would have loved to have had him, probably would have made a Final Four with him on the team last year. 
Uh, I think Ohio State still has a chance to be a, a team that can make an extended run. I don't buy Michigan State. I think they're good. I think they're a Tom Izzo tough team. They just don't have a guy. They don't, they don't have that one guy that can kind of take over games like you saw yesterday in, in the loss to Wisconsin. So I think Purdue is the clear top tier. Um, I think Illinois is probably the next best team. And then I think Ohio State has a chance to be as good as Illinois. I think Wisconsin could have a better record than Illinois, but I just don't see them as quite as talented uh, as the Illini. But they, they just do what they do so well and execute so well. Jeremy Warner of 24-7 Sports, the Illini Inquirer, joining me here for a few minutes to talk about the Illini. We had a conversation about a month ago about Io, and he's going to be out tonight. He's got a concussion. Hopefully he's going to be all right. Since we had that discussion, he got moved to the starting lineup for Billy Donovan's team. And I know that, that you've said, you've said on these airways, look, I'm not surprised at the success that this kid is having. But there's a difference between being the guy off the bench and a guy that's trusted to to run an NBA team as a rookie. He keep it's almost like they keep putting steps for him to climb and he keeps jumping over them and it's awesome to see. Yeah, I think every Illinois fan is probably in every like Chicago reporters DMs or or in their mentions like, "Oh, Illinois fans saw this coming." Um and it's true. Like, none of what he's doing is surprising me in what he could do in his NBA career, but it's surprising me how rapid it's happened for a team that is contending uh, at the top of the East. Now, you know, will, will the Bulls stay there with all the injuries? I don't know. But the one thing I, I, I thought about when, when drafting out Asumu, like, I, I got some of the questions with him, right? But every year he came back, he got better. Every year he came back, he became a better player, better teammate. Um, he knew what his weaknesses were, and I just knew when he got into an NBA team, he would accept whatever role. Like, he has studied this. He is such a professional. He's been a pro since he was, like, 16. He just had that mindset where it's like, I have this plan. Here's how I get to it. And he knows, like, I'm not going to come in right away and shoot 20 shots. How am I going to get on the courts to play defense, right? Okay, well, after that, make open threes. He does that. Check off the list. Then all of a sudden, Lonzo Ball is out. Oh, I got to be a distributor. Well, I did that at Illinois a lot. I can do that. That's in my bag. And he just takes over. He's unflappable. Um, he's just, he's a pro. He's picking the ear of DeMar DeRozan, who came down uh, for Iowa's jersey ceremony. I talked to DeMar, who's fantastic. And you can just tell there's so much respect for him. Um, but he's 21 years old. That's the other thing. He's a 21-year-old All-American. I guess 22 now. He's an All-American. Like, He's been in these situations. He's been, and that's the, that's the great part about having a guy who was a junior in, in college and drafting him is that he's been through some of these high-pressure situations. So, of course, now he's, he's guarding Bradley Beal and some of these NBA All-Stars, but he's not afraid of those moments. And that's partly who he is, but I think it's also partly through his journey of, of what he went through in, in college because I don't think he'd be this good if he came out as freshman year. I think – Having those experiences in, in Illinois certainly helped him, but he's just a special, special young man. Um, and, and he is driven, and he's had a plan, and he's followed it through. And uh, I think he's, he's really one of those kids who doesn't act like he knows everything already, even though he's that good. So I, I think he's just incredibly coachable on top of all the talent he has. Jeremy, what's your reaction to Lovey Smith getting the Texans job? Good for him, man. <laughs> um, Lovey just just keeps finding ways to get these these big contracts, these big deals. Listen, I think 
I think if, if you're Houston, you just want somebody who can be respectable and that crazy organization, he's going to be fine. Uh, he's a Texas native. Uh, but if you're, if you're expecting like uh, him to be the guy long term, I don't see that happening. But for a guy 14 months after getting fired at Illinois to be an NFL head coach, I did not see that coming. So I didn't see I that do, coming either. <laughs> I Although I, it I interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. I do, I, I do find it interesting. Like Dirk Cutter usurped him in Tampa, and now Lovey is basically doing the opposite of that. I would just tell him, be, be aware of like, Josh McCown goes on your staff. I, I don't know if I'd be cool with that because uh, it could be the end here. But, hey, I, I think it's uh, – I think the NFL, given everything with, with Brian Flores and all of that, I don't, I don't know if there was pressure on Houston, but I do think he's a respectable head coach that, as you know, Lawrence, you covered the Bears. His players love him. Uh, his players love him. He allows the players to run that locker room. And I, I think he brings immediate respect there uh, in, in a hard situation. But, boy, he's got his work cut out for him because that's, that's a mess in, in Houston. I, I didn't notice this before, but since we're on the Zoom, I can ask, what are the, the figures in the background? Oh, we got Ultimate Warrior. We got the Tim Anderson bat flip. Um, let's see what else we got. Got the flying Illini back there. There's a Ninja Turtle around here somewhere over my – the four Ninja Turtles too. So I'm a nerd just like you, Lawrence. I, I love it. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a Michelangelo guy. You a Donatello guy? I feel like you're a Donatello uh, no, guy. Leonardo, man. Leonardo. I'm, I'm the square. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm a Leo guy. I always like being the leader, so that's, that's my boy. And swords, man. Who didn't like the two swords? I agree to wholeheartedly. That's good. Jeremy, as always, man, it's a great to treat whenever you're, you're able to come and hang out on the show. And let's talk again as we get closer to tournament time because I think this Illinois team has got some juice. I know that they had a hard – lost last night but i i think if they don't run into a matchup with teams that have legitimate beef in the middle i think they're going to be all right yeah they're a very good team i think a loss can be disheartening for illinois fans but uh they're 10-1 against teams not named purdue that's going to take you far uh, and i still think they got a chance to get a big 10 banner here whether it's regular season or the uh the tournament again uh but, but they're going to be pretty good and it's uh just remember where illinois was the last three years lawrence illinois has five more Big Ten wins than any other program, um, which is pretty amazing for where they were just a couple years ago. Have a great rest of your day, sir. I'll talk to you soon. You too, Lawrence. Thanks. That is Jeremy Warner of the Illini Inquirer. Go and get yourself a subscription. Check him out on 24-7 Sports. He's really, really terrific. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the Super Bowl and a, a matchup that I've been talking about. And I threw it at Big Ant Heron, and I wanted you to hear what he said about it. We will discuss that next here on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. Bulls at Charlotte tonight, 615 pregame on the score. Our buddy Zach Zageman will be on the call. Chuck with the night off, not feeling well. Non-COVID, not feeling well. So Zach will be on the call, so show him some love. Show him some love. Show him some love. Show him some love. Tonight, starting at 615, he will do a great job. I... I'm in like football mode now. Like I, I enjoy. Like we did transition yesterday, and and we were talking to the Parkins and Spiegel and me. We were talking about football, and we got kind of footbally. And I'm in that mode. I'm watching tape after the show and stuff, and I'm excited to to get to this game. And I actually think that it's worked out well for the Bengals and the Rams that the week in between the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl was, well, before the Pro Bowl, was full of NFL stories that didn't have nothing to do with the Super Bowl itself. And now, as we get to the last few days of, of coverage of it, it's cool to just get into the game. And, yeah, there are a bunch of side stories, like, we need to figure out, well, I guess I'll have to figure it out because Herbie will be on to his new gig. But I need to bring in someone to talk about the halftime show because I'm kind of excited for the halftime show. I told, it it might have been Bomani was saying it was like him and Foxworth were talking about how it's it's like an HBCU game now where the football is is the appetizer for – what happens at halftime? The halftime is a thing because it's Dre and it's Snoop and it's Eminem and it's Mary J. Blige and Kendrick Lamar. And I can't imagine that it's not going to be a thing thing. But who knows? You know, like Dre and Mary J. Blige are in their 50s. Snoop's in his 50s, right? Or maybe knocking on the door. Eminem knocking on the door. Will they give us the same type of energy that we would get at like a 2001 show? And when we get in that detox album, been waiting on that. We're going to get that detox. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the detox album. But I'm actually excited about having my system right to, to be able to hear this musically, like the sonics of it and seeing what they're going to perform. And I, I might be in the minority on this. I actually think over the last two years, Eminem has been on his game lyrically. And 
if if you doubt it, last year he did him and Cuddy did what uh, their third little go round together, and I'm telling you, M's verse on that song, he <laughs> everything was just working. Like him talking about and even talking about how you know Snoop didn't have him in his top five. Like I, I it's it's rare to say that someone who's been doing it as long as he has is still getting better. But I think that once he allowed other people to produce him and his lyr and the machine gun Kelly thing, I think brought out something in him where he's like, Do you know how much better at this I am than you are? Oh, you don't? Well, let me show you. But yeah, the Adventures of Moon Man and Slim that came out last year with him and Cuddy, just listen to uh, the whole song's good, and I love Cuddy too. And I think Cuddy has done a lot for men and especially black men that are dealing with mental health issues. But I'm telling you, Eminem is out there destroying everything. On that track, it's some of the. I think it's some of his best work, and I've been a fan for a really, really long time. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. And I love Mary J. Blige. I mean, and it's weird because okay, Mary J. Blige, she's all about being miserable, right? Like that's been like her thing, and it's weird because I want to see Mary happy, but I want to see Adele sad. Because I feel like Adele makes the great music when she's sad. But you don't want want people to be sad because that's just messed up. But with Mary, we went through all this stuff and seeing her life and it play out and her being miserable and her bringing you there with her songs. I mean, her being able to touch you emotionally. I mean, all and she really like, wants is to be happy, Lawrence. Oh, Lord. It's true. Find that's a love that's hers. Wanted. Yes, in her life, her life, her life, in the sunshine. But she, you, that that's an artist that when you hear, you can hear the pain with Mary J. Blige. You can hear it with Adele. But Adele's in like a really good, her and Rich Paul, right? Like they're in a great relationship and things seem happy. But the last album was about her marriage and she, it was great. I just want Mary to be happy. And I hope she goes out there and does the Mary J. Blige dance and everything else. I I hope she she's out there just going 100 miles an hour. There's a part of me that feels like the NFL at the end of this is going to be like, we really messed up letting Dre and Snoop and Eminem and Kendrick Lamar do the halftime show. We shall see. All right, let me get to the football. Wait, one more thing. It's gonna. It has to be dope, right? I keep seeing the memes of people talking about it on Twitter and on Instagram of kids getting ready to see their parents like really turn up. Like you gonna see a turn up from your parents, see what it was like to be in the nineties. Hey, when that Doggy Style album dropped in '93, I was a freshman at DePaul. We took the kicker box out of my man Mike Keys' trunk. We hooked it up to my stereo. We didn't care that it was quiet hours in U-Haul. We bumped it in fourth floor U-Haul that night 
was lit. So I'm looking forward to that part of it. I really, truly am. But I'm going to figure out, like, get someone to review it that actually has some knowledge about music. I'm, I'm gonna get, but I'm telling you about that Moon Man and Slim. And you're right, Texter. Maybe this will be the opportunity for us to find out if Tupac is still alive. What if that's the the thing? Not a Tupac hologram. What if he comes back from Cuba and Tupac is out there on the stage? See, I don't think they would do a hologram. I feel like that that might be beneath. Dre and Snoop and M. But what if it's the real Tupac? As life turns its pages, Machiavelli here kicking rhymes for the ages. See things in stages, wise words spoken by sages. From sky tell the blackberry pages. Your crew don't phase us, we'll make you buses pay us. Run up in your spot like CJ from San Andreas. I wrote this song a long time ago, a real long time ago. Yes. This texture says, check out Eminem with Joyner Lucas. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Also, is Joyner Lucas the only rapper to bridge the gap between Eminem and Will Smith? Because Joyner Lucas did some great stuff with Eminem, and he also did a tribute and got Will rapping on it. And Will came out spitting. It's only like 16 bars, but Will was like, yo, I can still rap too. And if you haven't checked out his show, Welcome to Earth, on Disney Plus, man, it's really good. Will's out here doing sneaky stuff. Like, his stuff that he's involved in that you're like, I didn't know he was involved. Like, Herbie, did you know that he was the executive producer of Cobra Kai? I did. I saw his name on the uh, credits. I was like, yeah, that has got to be that Will Smith. It's it's him and I want to say Jada's brother. I think they're both EPs of that show. And the movie ATL, he produced that too. It was just like, like I, I watch The Karate Kid a lot of times, and I love that movie. The series Cobra Kai is just so much better. It's like... It's, the definition of reboots going forward. Like, you should be looking at this and say, okay, if our thing is not this, we ain't making it. I agree. It's really well done and enjoyable, and they, they've they brought all of your favorite characters back. I think there's one more that they're going to bring back for the next season. And it's and I'm, it's and what's really funny is about that show is everyone there kind of toggles between – Good and evil, like everyone. But people are universally like, I hate Sam LaRusso. <laughs> like, almost everyone is like, I really don't like her. Everyone else, you kind of go back and forth. For her, no, nah, the internet hates her. Now, on to the football aspect of this conversation. I'm interested to see if the Bengals' offensive line can protect Joe Burrow because, let's be honest, they haven't been able to protect Joe Burrow. He's persevered, even without them being able to protect him. But this is a real challenge. You're talking about Aaron Donald, Von Miller, perhaps blitzing Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd. They get after the quarterback. So I asked Anthony Heron 
on what it is he expects to see between that matchup, the defensive line of the Rams versus the offensive line of the Bengals. I think as much as anything, it's got to be a frustrating game for the Bengals fans is what it needs to turn into. Because if you've ever checked like Bengals Twitter during a Cincinnati Bengals game, throughout the entire season, there's just been people like yelling about them running the ball on first down and running it consecutive snaps in a row. And it almost turns into like a let Joe cook situation. Like Seahawks fans started having going with Rosa Wilson. But in the end, that's what they have to do. That, that's what, you know, like I've screamed for years with Matt Nagy and this bears offense trying to coach towards your personnel. And when you have a leaky offensive line, you have to be able to keep it baked into the game plan to take pressure off of them. And so to turn around and hand it frequently, to Joe Mixon to turn around and throw it to Joe Mixon with screen passes is going to be huge for the Cincinnati Bengals offense in this game because if they don't do that, then you end up in a situation where, you know, as mobile as Joe Burrow is, you don't want him to have to just constantly be on the run throughout the game. And that makes it more difficult for him to be able to get the ball to Jamar Chase, whether it's out of space, whether it's on end cuts, a variety of ways that they found to continue utilizing Chase in this offense, but you do want to be able to take the starch out of that Rams pass rush by utilizing a lot of Joe Mixon as a runner and as a pass receiver. And then obviously that can set up some of the play action opportunities that will be there for Burrow to find Chase in some one-on-one matchups, but you need to be able to respect or force the Rams to respect the way that you're running the football. Cause frankly, even Jalen Ramsey, because he's so physical in addition to his special cover skills, He's a very physical defensive back. He doesn't mind reacting downhill. You can catch him slipping a few times on some play-action maneuvering where you can get him with his eyes into the backfield looking up to, to come up and physically support the run or react to what looks like a bubble screen, and now you get that one-on-one matchup on the back end. I, I'm still going back and forth on this. Like, it's – I so here's what's cool. Like, I, I don't even know if we have FanDuel in the next – commercial set Herbie but what's cool is is that I all right so here this this will act as our our FanDuel commercial so download the FanDuel app let me just tell you about FanDuel for championship weekend I did pretty well and I did so well that I was like "Ah, I'm gonna cash out and I'm gonna go spend some money in these streets and then I was like, but I'm going to want to bet on the Super Bowl. And so I kept my money in my FanDuel account. And I'm probably going to go buck wild on Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to Joe. Joe will be on the show tomorrow about props. I know that he – I think he said the under for the anthem is what he's looking at. I'm going to be on all of it. All of it on FanDuel. So if you want to get in on the bets, go to FanDuel.com, download the FanDuel app, and and and, and go forth. Because here's the thing. I don't see me betting a lot of NBA, maybe a little bit of bulls from here on out. So this is it. I, I have a, a nice, solid bankroll from a good week on Championship Sunday, and I'm going to roll it out for FanDuel on Sunday for the Super Bowl. You must be 21 in President Illinois. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires seven days after receipt. $10 minimum deposit required to withdraw any winnings. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're going to take a break. 
I'll tell you about what's been going on the last week next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably have seen where I've been. Some people have figured it out from things that are on the wall here in the studio. I took off right before the snowstorm last week and went to Phoenix. And it was a great choice that I made, which is wonderful. I'm coming back, like literally leaving here and going to the airport. Um, But I've had a wonderful time. And I'll tell you, while I ordinarily, when I come out here, am spending a lot of time in Scottsdale, I have spent a majority of my time in the Coronado neighborhood and downtown. And I never spent a lot of time in downtown Phoenix. And I really, really like it. I'll have recommendations and stuff that I'll share probably on tomorrow's show. But the mural game out here, if you're someone who loves art and the murals are amazing out here with all sorts of points of view, which is great. You can learn a lot of stuff. It's changed quite a bit because I there was a time where downtown Phoenix was a place that you did not want to be. But I would say over the last five years, the, what's been built up here has been great. I want to thank Chris Hernandez, who is the Mitch of Phoenix. He's the operations director here who we hung out and I told him what I was looking to do and he found me a little space to do my show and we found out that we were both like crazy radio geeks and we're sitting here before the show today talking for like 25 minutes about radio and what's great about it and what's been great about it over the last two years is learning that if you work hard you can still do it kind of from anywhere so I appreciate Mitch giving me the opportunity to do some of that and Thanks to Chris and the, the crew here at Odyssey Phoenix for opening up and, and putting out the welcome mat for me. I'll be back in studio tomorrow. But next, I talk with Parkinson Spiegel here on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and ATT at tmobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.